greatest opportunity that we have uh, to share the good news of Jesus Christ around the world in the midst of all of the chaos and uh, confusion that's happening today, that uh, God is, is working and God is moving, and uh, that in the, even in the midst of the storm, that, that, that God is doing a tremendous work. And so if we'll just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and uh, be attentive to His voice, that we can have opportunities to share our faith. We can have opportunities to, to talk you know, to people about uh, what the Bible's got to say, what the Word of God's got to say about, about these last times, these last days. And uh, that, uh, you know, it, God, God never intended for man to be here to live for millions and millions of years. But, but you know, there, there's, there's coming a time where Jesus Christ is coming back. And so we rest in, rest in that fact. And uh, until he comes, we want to occupy, okay? Until he comes, we want to make a difference. Until he comes, we want to continue to share our faith. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you never know. I mean, I might pass from this life today. You might pass from this life tomorrow. We don't know when we're going to meet the Lord. You say, well, I've been, I've been looking for Jesus to come back. Listen, I've been, looking, I've been looking for Jesus Christ to come back since I, before I started driving a car. Uh, back in the day, people would preach about end times and the coming of the Lord. And I thought, man, I'm never going to get to drive a car because uh, the Lord's going to come back. And uh, I can remember being, uh, uh, I, I lived around the Jeff City area, okay? And I thought back in the day, we had this big, beautiful high school. And I thought, I'm never going to get to go to that high school because Jesus is going to come back. And, uh, well, I, I, I went to the high school, I got my driver's license, and God, I'll probably never graduate. <laughs> we were looking for the coming of the Lord, okay? So I'm still looking for the coming of the Lord, okay? And uh, he'll decide, God the Father will decide when it's time, and, uh, but we just keep on moving forward in, in the Lord, we keep on uh, getting up and, and, and fighting the good fight. We keep up getting up and, and just sharing the gospel and sharing the truth every single day and sharing our testimony of what God has done for us. And so I want to encourage you today, okay? This isn't a, this isn't a, a, a day to, to uh, just button down the hatches and just uh, hide in a bunker somewhere. This is a time to just talk about the goodness of God, okay, and talk about the plans of God and talk about the protection of God and talk about the saving grace of God. This is our day. This is our, I believe, our finest hour is before the church. I, tr I truly do. Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 22. We've been talking very recently about making uh, marriage a masterpiece, and I want to talk to you about that uh, once again, and, and I'll tell you, uh, I normally do a lot of uh, premarital counseling before I married couples, and I'll just let you uh, tell you this right now, that most of the things that I'm, I've been talking about in this series, I share with couples that are about ready to get married, and so if you're getting ready to get married, you're receiving marriage counseling, and if you have been married for a while, you're receiving marriage counseling every time you come and listen to Making Marriage a Masterpiece. But I think it's a very relevant topic for us. You know, I watched the video, and that's really cool. It's a married couple, okay? It looks like these guys are dating, all right? But uh, 
I, I think that as, that as married couples that we should still uh, have that courtship love. We, still, we, we should still be dating our spouse. We should still find time and find joy in the company of one another. And I know that a lot of times that that takes work to make that happen. But we've got to make our marriage a priority. And we've already talked about that and we'll continue to talk about that. But Proverbs chapter 18 verse 22 says this. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and he receives the favor of the Lord. Okay? Let me share, share a ridiculous story with you, if I can, to begin this. A husband and wife have been married for 20 years. I don't want to offend anyone today, okay? But uh, they've been married for over 20 years we got anyone here that's been married over 20 years today? We got a couple of people been married over 20 years that's here. Been married for over 20 years, and they were laying in bed together, okay? And uh, spontaneously, the husband reached over. He touched his wife in a way that he had not touched her for many years. He gently lifted her upward. He caressed under her shoulders. He felt the small of her back, her sides, her hips her thighs, behind her knees, her calves. He even touched her feet. And then just as quickly, he just started, turned over and started watching television. And in a quiet, loving, wife, loving voice, his wife said, that was absolutely wonderful. Why did you stop? He said, well, thank goodness I finally found the remote control. <laughs> We've got to work to make marriage spontaneous. <laughs> we got guys, we got men that are sitting here today and they're thinking, I can identify. Yeah, I got to. You know, our wife goes, man, I, I, really, I really like that move. Just looking for the remote, you know. <laughs> okay, let's get out of the, let's get out of the meat of the, of the subject today, Okay. You know, we, we, been, we began this series on marriage about three Sundays ago, and uh, we talked about how to have a happy marriage that will last a lifetime. And uh, last week, I talked to you a little bit about Adam and Eve in the garden. I didn't go into it in a lot of detail, but I talked about uh, how God, you know, Adam, he saw Adam there in the garden. He's all alone. He's all by himself. And God said this, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And he said, Adam, I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to get back to this. He said, I will make you a comparable help me. He said, I will make you, I will create you a companion. But I got some other stuff that I'm going to do. And so he went off and he began to do all the other things. He began to uh, create, create all, finish all of his creation. And then when he completely got done, he caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. He took one of his ribs out. And from that rib, he created a woman. And then he brought that woman, he brought Eve to Adam and they were united as one. It, I, I think it was a, a, just an amazing time that they came together. And so God joined them together, and the Bible declared that they became one flesh. The very first principle, principle of marriage that I want you to understand is this, okay? Uh, we must have agreement in marriage. A lot of times, couples are getting ready to get married, or they've been dating for a while, 
and we're so flipped out over one another, okay? We're so flipped out over the experience of just being together that we never talk about the stuff that needs to be talked about, okay? We never talk about, uh, we, we don't talk about God. We don't talk about, you know, the, the, our, 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 where we're at with, with our religious ideology or, or where we're at with where, what we believe the Word of God says. We don't come to grips on uh, talking about, you know, all the important issues. We don't talk about money, and, and we don't talk about so many different things. And the reason we don't is because, because if we do, we say we might get into a big argument about it, okay? Well, what we, what we need to do is, those of you, and we got couples that are getting ready to get married that's sitting in this auditorium right now, and uh, we've got to come together in agreement. Okay, and there are things that we need to talk about. There are relevant issues that we need to talk about before we get married. And we've got to come to an agreement. You say, well, I've been married for a long time and we're still not agreeing. We've got to come to agreement. Marriage, your marriage can't be one disagreement and one conflict after another, after another, after another. We've got to find common ground on everything. So the very first principle of marriage is agreement. There will be no lasting marriage without an agreement, without coming together. In fact, the Bible tells us in Amos chapter 3, verse 3, it says, can two people walk together with, without agreeing on the direction? But what we've got is we've got this great problem because a lot of people are married and they're trying to uh, walk together, but there's no agreement. And there's one conflict and there's one difficulty after another, after another, after another, after another. And as husband and wife, we, we can't just be content with coming together physically, but we've got to come together. And, and that's the problem that we've got today with our relationships. We want to come together physically, and we're, we're all about the coming together physically, and, and you turn on every te television show, and everything's about coming together physically last night. Um, uh, last night I was, uh, Debbie's got this thing, okay? I haven't been talking bad about Debbie because she's a wonderful person. You guys get mad at me, you might throw something at me. All right, Debbie's the kind of person that we're going to watch some kids program until she falls asleep. And then the television show's still on, okay? And so last night the television's on, and I went in the other, I went in the other room, uh, I, I got up. I didn't pay attention to what was on television. I got up. I heard some music playing or whatever. I got up, went to the restroom, and uh, I kept hearing this music. What in, the world is, what in the world is going on in there? You know, I thought, what is what's on TV? So I come back, and, and it's on, like, Freeform. It's like a stripper movie on there. It's like J-Lo's in, like, a stripper movie. It's like, whoa, what in the world are we watching? I thought this was a kid's channel, you know? And so, go over and turn the, turn the thing off, all right? And, and so, sometimes we can have a disagreement about something silly like, the, you know, uh, the, the wife wants to have the television on while, while she tries to go to sleep. The husband says, no. The wife wants to turn the air conditioner on when the husband wants to turn the heater on, okay? Uh, those are minor things. Those are minor issues. Those are, those are little details, 
But as husband and wife, we've got to come together, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually and financially. And if we're going to come to agreement, we have got to, we've got to talk, we've got to discuss, we've got to have communication about issues that are sometimes are going to be a little bit uh, unsettling. Sometimes they're going, to, they're going to shake us up a little bit. All right, let me stop right here, okay? Let me stop right here. Last week, I was sweating so much when I was up here preaching, and I understand that some of you guys have been getting hot in here too, okay? We're going to figure out what's going on with the heating, cooling here, okay? We're going to figure that out, all right? Because I'm, I'm feeling a sweat coming on right now. <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, the conflict of husband and wife. Sometimes we, you know, we, the, 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 the temperature comes up. Our blood begins to boil a little bit. But the first principle of marriage is agreement. And to have agreement, we've got to learn to have adaptability and compromise and flexibility and we've got to learn to walk together and live together. I always tell couples in, in the ceremony, you know, learning to love and living together are two of the most difficult things in all of human life. It's, it's very difficult when you try to come together. you got two different people, two different backgrounds, from two different sets of parents, and we're trying to come together and have a happy, lasting marriage. The only way it's going to be possible, we could have a lot of discussions. We need to sit down and talk about the difficult things. I've dealt with people before, and the wife was so passive that she would not talk to the husband or her husband about anything, all right? And then just whatever he wanted to do, the most ridiculous things he wanted to do, the most childish behavior that she just put up with and put up with and put up with until here's what happens. You become so annoying, you, annoyed, you just explode, okay? And so we've got to talk about the, we've got to come to an agreement about difficult things and difficult topics if our marriage is going to last. The first principle of marriage is agreement, to learning to walk together. The second principle of marriage is commitment. God, and I've, I've been talking about this unconditional covenant. God intends for marriage to be an unconditional covenant between one man and one woman for a lifetime. You say, well, Pastor Bob, I've already been married several times. Okay, well, listen, you know, that, that's okay, all right? God will take us where we're at right now, okay? He takes us right now. And I understand this. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to unscramble an egg. Can I get a witness, okay? We've had a lot of problems in the past. We've had a lot of failed relationships. In the past. God will take us exactly where we're at today, right now. And he'll help us to learn and grow from this day forward to do better, to be better, to live victoriously, to live successfully. The second principle of marriage is commitment. God intends for us to be in this unconditional covenant. Marriage is not a contract. You say, well, yeah, it's a No, it's not a contract. Because contracts have escape clauses, okay? If this party doesn't do that thing, then this, you know, this, that, this party can escape from the contract. Contracts have escape clauses, if you will. Contracts can be nullified. But when I'm talking about marriage, this is an unconditional covenant 
that last a lifetime. Divorce should only be considered as an option in the case of adultery or abuse. Okay? I'm not for any woman being a punching bag. Okay? I want, I want to make that very clear. Okay? That I believe, believe that abuse is terms for divorce. Okay? I truly believe that. I believe the scripture supports that. Um, and I could go into that, but I won't go, in, go into further detail right now. I've, married, I've met many couples. I've counseled with many couples where a, there, sometimes we go through these scenarios in our mind, and we say, well, you know what? If my husband ever cheated on me, I would just divorce that bum in a second. Or if my wife cheated on me, I would just leave her. I'd just throw her out, and the marriage would be over. I have dealt with a lot of couples where there was an affair involved. I've, I've dealt with many situations, and what I usually find is that the person that's been betrayed in most cases wants reconciliation, you know? They want their marriage to last. They want their marriage to move forward because they're, they're committed. And I've talked to many people, and, and I've told them, I said, listen, scripturally, because your spouse had an affair, because you're, of what you're, you, scripturally, you would be eligible for divorce and even remarriage, scripturally, okay? A lot of times we don't want to talk about that because we, well, we're living under grace. Listen, I'm living under what the Word of God says, okay? I, I, I'm still going to the Word of God, okay? And scripturally, if divorce if, is a, is, is, could be an option because of an affair. But in most cases, those that have been cheated on want reconciliation, so we need commitment, an unconditional covenant, if you will. The third principle of marriage is this investment. Marriage is not a 50-50 investment. A lot of people say it's 50-50. No, marriage is this. It's a husband and wife each investing 100% of themselves in their marriage. But so many times what we do is we neglect our marriage. We give in to difficulty, we give in to boredom, we give in to frustration, we give in to familiarity, if you will, and we focus on trivial, temporary things that really don't even matter. Things that are going to soon vanish away today. I want to encourage you today that as, as husbands and wives, we need to keep investing in our marriage but what happens is we get complacent in our marriage. We get complacent in our, in our relationship, and we just get tired of one another. And what we do is we just start going through the motion. But today, as I stand before you, your marriage is more valuable than your individuality. Your marriage is more valuable than your own stuff. Your marriage is, is, is more valuable than, than anything else. It's more valuable than your career. It's, it's more valuable than your education, your marriage today. And I listen, I realize because of fractured relationships today, because we've been hurt, we've been wounded, what we want to do is we want to just close ourselves off from everyone else. That's a device of the devil today. But, but we have got to invest in our marriage today. Your marriage is more valuable than your toys or your cars or your, your possession. Your marriage is more valuable than you getting your own way. The Bible says this. It tells us in Proverbs chapter 
number 18, verse 22. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure. Finds a treasure. Our Heavenly Father, I don't know what's going on today, but if there's a bomb going off or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so happy we got kids in this church, you know. We got a lot of life. We got a lot of energy in this church, and I just, I love it. We had a guy several years ago, and he said, Pastor Bob, I'm just, I'm really upset because the kids put a hole in the wall. I said, listen, thank God we had kids to put a hole in the wall, okay? <laughs> Pastor Bob, I'm really upset because the kids got scuff marks on the lobby floor at the shopping center. I told the guy, I said, thank God we had some kids that put some scuff marks on the floor, all right? We thank God for our, our children's ministry. We thank God for our children's leaders, and they happen to be in the in the auditorium with us today. But the Bible says this, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure. And we're investing in our treasure. We're investing in our marriage. We're investing. Our investment is for a lifetime. It's not till we get tired of it, but we are continually investing in one another and giving of ourselves in one another and letting God deal with us, letting the Holy Spirit deal with us about our lousy, stinking attitude, letting the Holy Spirit guide us and lead us in our marriage. And there's been many times that I've said things to my wife I wish I had not have said. And I realized later I was completely wrong. And you need, to, you need to be, gentlemen, we need to be ready and willing to say, I'm sorry. I am sorry. I want to apologize for that. I, sh I shouldn't have said that. We need to be very careful in our marriage that we're not bringing up junk and garbage that happened a long time ago. And there's a right way and there's a wrong way to have a discussion. And the wrong way is to bring up all the junk and all the garbage and all the failures of yesterday but we're investing in our marriage. We're, we're taking care of our marriage. Husbands, I want you to think about, think about it like this. You are married to God's daughter. Think about it for a minute. You're married to God's daughter. And because you're married to God's daughter, you better treat her right. You better take extra care of God's daughter or you will have the wrath of God coming against you. And your, your wife is not someone that you can mistreat. Your wife is not someone that you can talk to like a dog. Your wife is not someone that you can disrespect and dishonor because she is God's daughter and she is your treasure that God has put into your life. And we need to keep investing in our marriage we need, to, we need to keep showing our wife that we love her. We need, to, we need to go out of our way because God's daughter is a priceless treasure. And God advise, advises the husband in this way to honor and to love her and to respect her today. That we just need to grow up. Men, we need to grow up. And we need to, we need to, to lead our wife and to lead our family in love. Today, there's all kinds of partnerships. There's silent partnerships. There's all kinds of partnerships today. And there are people that say, well, our relationship is just a partnership, okay? Your marriage is a partnership, but it's, it's a partnership where we're fully invested. 
We have fully given ourselves in our partnership. We have fully given ourselves in our marriage today. We are fully participating partners because this is what God intends us. God has intended for men and women to come together in this unity and in this bond of marriage today. It is God's plan today. This morning, you might be sitting in this auditorium. You might be watching online. You might be a single parent. You might be leading as a, as a single parent, a family of children. I would encourage you, do not lose heart. Continue to invest yourself in your children. I have got so much respect for single men and women that lead families. I have got so much respect for single men and women that are leading their children, and their top priority is their family. And so do not lose heart, but continue to love your children and to lead your children and know this, that that is the thing that God has given you those children to lead and lead them and love them and guide them. I am, I am so encouraged and so enthused whenever I see uh, a woman or a man that's leading their family and, and they don't care about going getting hooked up. Because God, they realize that God has put a treasure in their, in their life and treasure in their home in those children. And they give themselves to those children. And they give themselves to God's plan. If you're married, so if you're single, if you're single, lead your children. Guide your children. If you're a single parent, lead your children. Guide your children. Okay. If you're single, you're not married, you have no children, just become the man or woman that God wants you to be. Press in and become fully invested in the things of God. Become the Christian that God wants you to be. be, be become a, a, get into the Word. Begin to pray. Begin to seek God. Become the man or the woman that God wants you to be. If you're married today, there's a lot of folks that say, man, I wish I could just get loosed. If I could just start all over again, we can wipe the slate clean. Listen, if you're married, do not seek to be loosed but rather press in and become the man that God wants you to be. Become the husband that God wants you to be. I had a guy who got mad at me once. He said, Pastor Bob, we just get tired of the way that you talk to men in this church. You're just always telling us we need to do this and we need to do that, and, and I just wish you'd stop that because there's a lot of good men out there. I know there's a lot of good men. There's a lot of losers too, okay? <laughs> so we got a lot of great men in this church. We got a whole church full of great men and godly men, okay? And so keep pressing forward, guys, okay? And for those of you that's watching online that's a little rough around the edges, <laughs> let God do a work in your life. Let the Holy Spirit do a work in your life. Let God lead you. Let God guide you today in your life, wherever we're at in life, that God is going to help us. Men and women do not think alike. Modern, <laughs> modern psychology wants, us, wants to tell us that men and women are exactly the same. And the reason that they're different is because girls are given dolls and boys are given trucks. And they said that's the only reason. Other than that, they're just exactly the same. That's the biggest lie that's ever, that's, that's a big lie that's being perpetrated. Men and women are different. Men and women think different. I can, I can sit and watch my granddaughters 
And I'll tell you right now that my granddaughters do not think or play anything like my grandson does. They've got, they've got their dolls. They got, and you say, well, that's because you've, you've given them dolls. Listen, they could take, they could take a stick and they become a doll. That's their doll. That's their baby doll. You know, and that boy, it's going to be a sword or it's going to be something. It's going to be a weapon or something. <laughs> Men and women do not think alike. There's a lady, she'd been in Europe. She went to Europe to see her family. She called her husband back home. She said, hey, how you doing? He said, I'm doing pretty good. She said, how's my cat? He said, honey, your cat died. My cat died? Why did you tell me that? Honey, your cat died. I just want to tell I want to prepare you. She said, well, well, it would have been better if you would have said, listen, honey, waited till I was on my way back home. And whenever I got to Paris and I called, said, how, how are we doing? You should have said, you know what? The cat ran off. And then when I got to London, you could have said, you know, that cat's a little bit sick. And then when I got to New York, you, you could have said, you know, the cat's taking a turn for the worse. And then when I got to St. Louis, you could have said, you know what? Funny thing happened. That cat died. That way you wouldn't ruin my trip. So he's trying to think about how to make her happy. She said, how's my mom doing? <laughs> She's up on the roof. <clears throat> Men and women do not think alike. Men and women do not talk alike. They do not act alike. They have different views. They have different perspectives. And a happy marriage takes time. Because we come from different backgrounds, and we come from different homes. I'm, I'm going to close. I'm going to close. The band can come. We often learn to do marriage from watching our parents, you know? And uh, if our parents did good, then a lot of times we do pretty good. If our parents didn't do so good, we learn from them. We learn by watching husbands. We learn by watching our dad, ladies probably learn from watching your mom. We learn from watching our parents. If they made mistakes, then we have a tendency to re repeat the same exact mistakes that, that they made. But learning to have a great marriage, learning to make your marriage a masterpiece, it takes a lifetime. We all have different experiences. We all have various expectations. And some of our expectations are very foolish. Marriage is not easy. To make your marriage a masterpiece, it is not easy. Fireworks will not be going off 24-7. My sister called me the other night. She wanted to come to the house. She said, Bobby, can I stop, come to your house? I said, all my kids are going to be here in about 30 minutes. And all my grandkids are going to be here. But if you want to come over, come on over. We're going to throw up a circus tent, you know. Come on over. You know. It's a place we'd rather be than any, anywhere else in the whole wide world with our kids and with our grandkids. Fireworks do not go off 
Every day of marriage is not like a magical visit to Disneyland. Unless you like the haunted mansion. <laughs> okay? But marriage takes work. It's all about investing. It's all about commitment. It's all about being in this unconditional covenant relationship. It's, it's about coming together in agreement. It's about sitting down and talking about difficult subjects and difficult topics and working through. It's about compromise. It's about adaptability. It's about flexibility. I can tell you from someone that's been married for a couple of decades. <laughs> it takes work, but it's worth it. It's worth, it's worth the investment. It's worth every moment that it takes. It's, it's worth every conversation. And so let me encourage you. I don't know where you're at in your relationships. I don't know where you're at in your life, whether you're single, whether you're a single parent. I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you're married. Maybe you're here. You're divorced. You might be widowed. I don't know where you're at. But God loves you. God has got a plan for you. God is going to take us right where we're at. You might be struggling in your life right now. You might be struggling in your marriage. And every day it's like a war zone in your home. I believe God, if we will begin to pray, if we, we will begin to seek God, if we will put our own selfishness aside and our own self-will aside and say, God, help me to be the husband. Help me, Lord, to be the wife that I need to be. Help me to stop trying to change them and allow the Holy Spirit to change me and to fix me and deal with me. And if we'll, we'll, we'll get that in the right order where God is dealing with us and changing us and fixing us, we'll find that we're probably at least half the problem right there. That the Lord is going to work, that God is going to move today. God still has a has a plan for the home. God still has a plan for married men and married women and single parents. God has a plan for your life today. And so continue to trust in him. Continue to walk with him. Continue to allow, allow God to lead you in your life today. Let's close with prayer. Dear God, right now, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, dear God, that you are here today we thank you, dear Lord, that you're teaching us, God, to how to have a successful home, a successful marriage. You're teaching us, God, as single parents with frustrations that we're going through and difficulties and adversity, that, Lord, you're going to lead us and guide us and help us. You're going to give us wisdom and understanding, whether we're single, whether we're married, no matter where we're at, you're going to give us wisdom. You're going to give us understanding that we're going to be that person that we need to be. We're going to be the leader because, God, we're a leader. <clears throat> there are people that are watching us. Our children are watching us. We've got nieces and nephews that's watching us. And we pray, dear God, that you'll help us and teach us and bring us along the way, dear God. Help us, Lord. Heal broken relationships. Heal broken marriages, dear God. There are those that are struggling today with difficulty and conflict and disagreement. But Lord, I pray that you'll help us today. 
in our commitment, in our investment today. Help us, God, in all these things right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand today and praise the Lord. Would you just stand?